Avoiding the problem is not an option. The difference between where we are, the difference between where you are right now and where you could be is the pain that you're willing to endure. So avoiding the problem is never a solution. You never solve a problem by avoiding it. We all know that. You never solve it. It's never just going to go away on its own. Back to that quote of Craig's, like the progress is worth the pain. And we know that in order to treat the problem, we're going to have to grow through this problem. And growth and comfort have never coexisted. Growth and comfort do not coexist. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. This episode is brought to you by Gospel Canvas. Gospel Canvas is reimagining Christian art for today's generation of Christians. Their exclusive collections are custom, unique, and a beautiful reminder of the power of salvation and hope. Now, these pieces will brighten up any space and add high character and motivation that you can see, touch, and experience on a daily basis. Visit gospelcanvas.com today and use the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. That's gospelcanvas.com using the promo code King 15. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek. And today, I'm going to continue our discussion of leadership. Following up last week's episode, we talked about the principles of being a steward leader and what that actually takes. And I've really been geeking out to just leadership in, in general. And a gentleman that I always look to just with incredible wisdom on this is Mr. Craig Groeschel. He has a leadership podcast. If you're not listening to him, I would highly, highly recommend it. And a couple of years ago, he actually broke down six different types of leaders that I'm going to just run through quickly here with you guys, ultimately then focusing on what I believe is the most important component of this or to leadership, and that's being able to empower leaders and how we do this, not just from a a, when when everything is going well, because I'm I I don't believe leadership is is truly or you haven't really truly become a leader until you've gone through adversity, and so we're really going to dive in today, empowering leadership, leading through 
adversity. That's what we're going to talk about today here. So the six different types of leaders, Just I'm going to quickly break this down. These characteristics, we'll call them. There's four of them that would be considered kind of in the, the negative context or the negative point of view, and then two would be considered positive. So four of the uncharacteristics of a leader would be unpredictable leadership. This is going to be somebody that just, they're not really truly, and and again, by the way, just because you've been given the title of a leader does not mean you are a leader. Just because you have the title of boss does not mean that you are a leader. So if you are any of these four, if you are unpredictable, you are not producing the fruit that your team needs. And when I talk about team, it could be your employees. This could be, heck, it could be your family. It could be your community, your your small group, your tribe. You're just your network of influence that you have. And if you're unpredictable, you are not going to create a long-lasting community or tribe because people are going to be hesitant. They're going to be fearful. They're going to be tentative. They're not going to know where to find that consistency. There's unpredictable leadership. There's domineering leadership, which is somebody that's, again, this is, in my opinion, not a form of leadership really at all. It is that person that maybe got that boss title that's now demanding people to do things and commanding that yes type of culture, even though people are falling in line and maybe being compliant, but there's no commitment there at all. There's secretive leaders that are, they're going to be producing maybe followers that are more guarded, that aren't going to want to give you true feedback because they're maybe fearful of what could happen. So there's no transparency. There's no vulnerability there. There's passive leadership. And again, this is going to be somebody that's going to be disengaged. It's not, again, this is not really truly leadership at the core. This is going to be somebody that that doesn't necessarily care about the team or about the culture or clearly have the vision that a culture needs or a community needs in order to really fulfill the mission that they're on. But a healthy leader, what's the difference between these? We talked about being passive, secretive, domineering, and unpredictable. But what's the difference between like healthy leadership? First off, it's really just taking the opposite of those four characteristics we just discussed. It's having consistency or predictability. It's that clear vision that people know the direction that they're on. It's being able to communicate appropriately so everybody is in the know. There's transparency. There's trust. There's no passivity in this at all. Being a healthy leader is active and engaged daily with, with the organization. That's healthy leadership. There's going to be, you know, people are excited to show up to carry the torch and the mission that we're on. So there's sacrifice involved. There's, there's the desire to give your best every step of the way. So there's healthy leadership, but just a, one more step above and beyond that, because I'm not looking to just to be a leader. And I hope you're not as well, because if we're looking to truly leave a legacy, obviously we have to live our legacy right now. But in order to leave it, we need to be able to become an empowering leader. We're not just looking to produce followers or have influence, but an empowering leader actually produces additional leaders. This is generational. This is the legacy that we're talking about. It's being able to produce the qualities of a healthy leader, but being able to replicate those qualities. So an empowering leader, they're they're not focused on themselves. They don't care about what's in it for them. It's about the community, the tribe, the culture, the mission, the vision, the purpose 
that is set before them and how we can empower others to come alongside and grow together through this process. And that's been my desire, obviously, with with King's Council and, and how we lead King's Council, but all of our companies as well. My goal is to have influence and to create any followers. Like That means nothing, and it should mean nothing to any of us unless it's producing the fruit that we're looking to leave. And that's the legacy that we're talking about here, to create the next generation of leaders. So how do we become an empowering leader? Or more importantly, how do we do this through adversity? Again, I don't really truly believe we become or we step into this role of being able to empower somebody until we've gone through adversity. We've experienced some of that pain. When things aren't going well, that's when the true qualities, when the true characteristics of a leader either rise up or fall away. This is the defining moment in people's lives of if they're going to step up to the challenge. Are they going to be able to stay stay poised, to stay calm, to stay collected under pressure? We're going to be able to then empower others as we're going through that adversity because what's happening at that point in time is we're creating resilience. We're developing maturity and we are winning over the respect of other potential leaders. That's what adversity does for us. And hear me when I say this, does for us, not does to us. That's what adversity does for us if we're willing to step up to the challenge. Now, unfortunately, this is also the point where people, this is that make or break point where if the going gets too tough, they're not able to develop that resilience. They're not able to build the the maturity, the level that they need to, to step into this role. And it's not that it's not forever, Because that's the point of this process. We're all on this journey here. So if you've gone through these, and I've experienced this in my own life, I wasn't up to the task when I needed to be. And so I've had to mature in certain areas and and grow through this process. So maybe you're in that area right now. There's no shame in that at all, guys. No shame in that. This is just understanding. And ultimately, the goal for us should always to be that empowering leader, to desire to produce more leaders, to generate that legacy mindset, to build and to grow that legacy mindset for us to, again, not just leave that legacy. The only way to leave it is to live that legacy right here and right now. And I believe that there's different stages that we go through when when we're developing within ourselves to become that empowering leader. The first thing, obviously, is we've got to lead ourselves first, right? You, you can't There's no chance that you could actually be expected to lead anybody else unless you lead yourself first. Have you instilled the disciplines in your life to become the leader, not only for yourself, but then eventually for your family and then maybe for your company or your business or other areas of influence? Got to lead yourself first. Develop those disciplines in your life that produce the fruit of a good leader. That then will attract others. You'll be able to gain influence. And from there, you begin to lead others and ultimately then empower others. That's the goal. That's legacy, guys. So as a leader or to become an empowering leader, there's going to be a weight that you've got to carry. There's a weight. This is what most people don't understand, that there is going to be a weight that we have to carry. And you're going to experience hurt more than most people will ever know. I get it. I understand it. I'm living it right now. And I know I mentioned uh, Craig a few minutes ago, and but a quote that I love of his is that, uh, again, Craig Rochelle here, he says, there is no such thing as leadership progress 
without leadership pain. There's no such thing as leadership progress without leadership pain. Empowering leadership, to become that empowering leader, it's painful, it's complicated. It it doesn't make sense oftentimes. And that's why so many of us won't move into that next stage of being able to really truly empower others. And a lot of people think that leadership, when they think about leadership, it's it's about running a business. And so I'll use that as an example here for you guys, because a lot of us run our own businesses and starting a business is painful. It can be complicated. Turning a profit with your business is painful. Maybe correcting toxic environments or developing the culture, handling employees, business partner agreements, that's painful. And we understand that this is the process that we're all being developed. So again, there's no such thing as leadership progress without the leadership pain or that adversity that we have to go through. And there's three points that I want to run through with you guys here on how to lead through adversity. How do we lead through adversity? What types of adversity do we need to actually go through in order to become that empowering leader that God has called us to be? There's a couple different types of adversity that I want to break down here for you guys. First off, there's internal adversity. Internally, we're going to experience hurt feelings. There may be something somebody said to us or something that we disagreed with. There's going to be hurt feelings maybe from friends or colleagues, business partners. But internally, we have to be able to go through this adversity to withstand the storm. Or another version of internal adversity would be maybe self-inflicted internal adversity. Maybe where we dropped the ball, where it was actually our fault, not even somebody else's, but it was our fault. Maybe we didn't deal with a problem that we should have dealt with. Maybe we procrastinated on a situation that we we just dropped the ball because we didn't think it was that big of a deal in the moment. But at the end of the day, it's become a big deal and ultimately it's your fault. We made the wrong decision. So how do we deal with that? How do internal adversity, how do we deal with that? And then there's the external adversity. This is going to be something that's out of our control. The most recent thing, obviously, the pandemic, the pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Like Some of this stuff is out of our control where this is going to be the determinant factor of how we're going to respond when things that are out of our control happen at us, happen for us. We'll go back to that again, because this is all about perspective, guys, that internal adversity, external adversity. Now, regardless of, of it being internal or external, there's three steps that we get to choose to lead through adversity here. First off, what we have to do is we have to acknowledge that there's a problem. Okay, It's very basic that we have to identify, acknowledge that there's a problem. So many of us could solve more problems and quickly if we stop denying that there's actually a problem. If we no longer said it's not that big of a deal, we procrastinated on it, but we brought it head on, we hit it head on, and we took action on it. So it's acknowledging that there's a problem. The value that we bring as a leader, hear me on this, guys, the value that we bring in a leadership role is the reflection of the problems that we solve. The value that we bring is a reflection of the problems that we solve. As leaders, we've got to be solution-minded. We can no longer be problem-focused. It's important to be able to identify, okay, that's a problem. Now, what's the solution? 
How can we come up with a solution to these problems? This is something that I continually instill with people that are in our work environment of like, we're not going to be problem-minded. We're not going to be problem-oriented. It's going to be solution-oriented. Let's all come to the table here with solutions and let's lead through this process here. As leaders, our number one job is to solve problems. At the end of the day, it comes down to that. The value that we bring is a reflection of the problems that we solve. So let me just ask you, like, what? think right now in your life. Like, What kind of adversity are you facing right now? What kind of problems do you have right now? Maybe in your business, maybe it's personal. What kind of problems are there? If it's business, is it like in sales? Is it in marketing? First thing we got to do is acknowledge that there's the problem. We have to identify it. And once we've got that, okay, that's a problem. Now we can look to actually solving the problem. But if we haven't acknowledged or even identified there's a problem, there's nothing for us to do. So the very first thing is just acknowledge that there's a problem. Be very, very clear about what it is. And then what's the outcome that we need to have happen so we can move on to the next step, which is actually going to be diagnosing the problem. We can acknowledge it. Now we have to diagnose it. What's the problem? But this is important on this component, guys, is we got to get to the actual true root of the problem. Because so many people, so many things that we even see on the surface are the symptoms. So many people look to treat the symptom versus the actual root of the problem. And I'm going to give you guys some examples on this because I want to make sure that this hits home because this is so, so crucial in this. Now, in your business, for example, the symptom may be that sales are down. The symptom that you're experiencing is sales are down. However, the problem may be that marketing is not producing the right leads. Or the root of the problem may be that, hey, your product stinks, right? Like nobody wants to buy it. Or maybe it's that we don't have proper sales training. So the symptom again would be sales are down, but that's just the ailment that we're feeling. So we got to get to the root of this problem. We have to look beyond the symptoms to find the problem beneath the problem. When in the sales and marketing world, you always hear me talk about the benefit of the benefit, but now we got to look at the problem beneath the problem here because we're so often just focused on the symptom, but the actual problem is the root of the issue. If we don't get to the actual root, the symptoms are just going to keep manifesting themselves, but in different ways. And here's the thing, guys, and this may be hard to hear for some people on here because I've experienced this. It's hard for me. Sometimes you as the leader, you are the problem. Mm, Let that sink in. We may be the problem. Hear me when I say this, guys. As leaders, we cannot complain about what we allow. If we are allowing things to take place, whether it's in your home, in your work environment, the group that you're influencing or leading, if we are allowing things to take place, we have no right to complain about it. If we're allowing people to act in a certain way, we have no right to complain about it. We, as the leaders, do not address the problem. We are the problem. We are the problem in that situation. Now, this is how you empower others is you you acknowledge that there's a problem. You diagnose the problem. Here's the thing too, guys. Sometimes to diagnose the problem, 
One of the things that I've learned is if we are emotionally attached to the problem, it may be wise to get an outside opinion or maybe a different perspective on this. Okay, you've heard us say this a lot. You cannot read your label from inside the bottle. You cannot read your own label from inside the bottle. So it's important to get a different perspective on this. Seek counsel because the proximity of the problem, if, if we're close to the problem, sometimes we can lose the objectivity of it. So an external perspective is going to allow us to objectively diagnose the problem. So we've acknowledged it. We've diagnosed it. Now what? Now we go into the actual treatment of this thing here, guys. We got to treat the problem. And as a leader, avoiding the problems, that's not an option. Absolutely not an option if you are an empowering leader here. Now, some of these decisions are going to be difficult. They may even be expensive. They may hurt other people's feelings. Some of your closest friends, they may hurt their feelings, but going without treatment will ultimately kill the organization. Avoiding the problem is not an option. The difference between where we are, the difference between where you are right now and where you could be is the pain that you're willing to endure. So avoiding the problem is never a solution. You never solve a problem by avoiding it. We all know that. You never solve it. It's never just going to go away on its own. Back to that quote of Craig's, like the progress is worth the pain. And we know that in order to treat the problem, we're going to have to grow through this problem. And growth and comfort have never coexisted. Growth and comfort do not coexist. So we've got to treat the problem. And once we've treated it, We've had the discussion, that hard discussion. We've made the decision what needs to happen in the organization. Now we can get back on task. Now we can start to empower others to create new pathways. Kind of like what we've talked about this before of like how we have to train our brain, these neural pathways that we've created in our thought process. Sometimes we have to recreate these neural pathways within our work environment, how we're training our team. We got to get back on track and help create that the healthy environment again. How do we communicate appropriately? How do we lead our teams and ultimately have proper communication within the organization? Once we've treated the problem, then we can truly step into that empowering leader. Because here's the thing, what we've done throughout this entire process is people have watched what's taken place here. So you can be a healthy leader, but when adversity comes into play, when things, when stuff hits the fan, you know what I'm saying? How do you respond in that manner? Are you calm? Are you collected? Are you poised? Do you step up to the role of leadership? Because if you do, you're going to gain the attention of others. Leaders know leaders, and you can empower leaders You can empower healthy leaders to become additional empowering leaders. Here's the most crucial step, guys, because people may have been rattled through what has taken place, whatever that adversity is. People may have have felt, you know, what's going to happen? Even if we just look back at even like the, we, we think about like the pandemic when what happened when everything shut down during COVID, like how did we respond? How did we communicate with our team? Because this is so important here. The most crucial step here in leading through adversity comes down to how do you communicate effectively? And here's how we do this. We do this by speaking directly to people's fears. We got to help people understand that we care, that we know what they're feeling. 
We can't be afraid to say what people are thinking or even answering the tough questions that people are too afraid to ask. People aren't going to continue to follow you if they think that you don't understand them or understand their circumstances. And and this is key here, guys. You got to tell the truth. Whatever the situation is, when you're communicating, you're going to speak directly about the problem. You're going to communicate to your team, to your tribe, to your community, to your, your employees. Then from there, you also have to speak truth. Even if the truth is hard, even if it's a bleak, even if it's like, man, your gut, I'm always wanting to be like the positive one. Let's cast vision. Let's be positive through this. Let's, let's just you know think our way through this positively. But it's important here that we be realistic. We got to communicate truthfully, even if it's negative, even if it's scary, even if it's uncertain. Because here's the deal, guys. The goal in, in empowering leadership, the goal in leading through adversity isn't to motivate people. Okay? You do not motivate people through crisis. You lead through crisis. And people want leadership. People can handle bad news. They can. They can handle bad news much better than no news. We don't need to promise anything through a crisis, through adversity. We don't have to make false promises. But what we need to do is be truthful, and we need to promise people that we know what we're doing, that we're going to make the best decisions for the team, that we're going to speak confidently, not necessarily definitively about what's going to happen, but they need to feel confident that they are being led by somebody that's going to make the best decision for the team. This is how you empower others. And then we, we got to communicate often. Things change. As we're leading through adversity, when crisis happens, when things are going wrong, we need to be, obviously, we're speaking directly about the problem to people that are affected by the problem. We're communicating truthfully, but we're doing it often as well. And I would suggest this happen in person right? Or at least via video, if need be. Because people are going to benefit from seeing confidence on your face. They're going to benefit from feeling the truth. They're going to benefit from seeing leadership face-to-face. Because people will go along with the what if they understand the why. I'm going to say that one more time. People will go along with the what, okay? Even if the what is not is not what they wanted to hear, but they will go along with the what if they understand the why. As a leader, guys, things hurt. Things hurt. This is why not everybody wants to even be a leader. Not everybody wants to step into it. But as a leader, when things do hurt, it's important that we step into it, that we feel it. We don't run from it, but we step into that adversity, step into that pain. Because again, the difference between where we are and where we're supposed to be is the pain that we are willing to endure. Empowering leaders, we don't manage our way through adversity. We lead through adversity. I feel like I'm talking to myself when I'm saying this stuff here. We, We have to lead through adversity. We aren't managing situations. We aren't managing people. We are leading through adversity. Every single one of you listen to this right now. You were chosen to be right where you are right now. You are where you are because you were chosen for a time as this. So it's up to you to step up to that time. 
to accept the responsibility, to surround yourself with the right people, to step forward with confidence and lead your way through it. If you do that, if you do that, that will be the transition from being a healthy leader to becoming the empowering leader. And you're going to empower others in the process. And that's legacy. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.